Thank you, guys. I want to thank our praise team for leading in our worship this morning. Brother Terry Wilburn's not, he's not feeling well, and so we need to remember him. He had one of those uh, allergic reactions that he does from time to time, and so he's a lot better since uh, Friday, but uh, he's kind of lost his voice, and so we need to remember him in prayer. So thank you for worshiping this morning. If you brought your Bibles, please turn to Luke chapter 2, and we want to look at verses, um, we will look at verses 8 through 18 uh, this morning, so I hope you brought your Bible. I'm going to share with you a sermon I've entitled, The Greatest Announcement Ever Made. The Greatest Announcement ever made. And we've heard a lot of announcements. All of us experience ver- uh, various emotions uh, of great announcements that are made. I remember watching the nightly news back in 1989, and it was announced that night on the news about the dismantling of the Berlin Wall. And they had President Reagan when he said, uh, uh, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down that wall. That was back in 1989. I remember the joy and the excitement of the people in the Soviet bloc who had been oppressed by communism all their lives. And so that was an exciting time for them. We have various emotions when announcements are made. I remember the grief and the pain experienced after hearing the announcement of the events and after also seeing the events of 9-11. I'm sure you heard that announcement and shared the same emotions. And then recently we heard about the vaccine that will put an end to the COVID-19 virus and that brought a lot of joy in the lives of people and excitement. Look forward to that. And so the point is we've heard announcements that have affected us as a nation and, and as individuals that have brought us cheers but also have brought us fears. There have been a lot of great announcements. However, we remember vividly personal announcements, like um, maybe a, a young lady announces her engagement to be married. That's a great announcement. Or followed by a couple as they announce their wedding date. And then a little later on, followed by the announcement of birth of, of a baby. And then, after 50 years, hearing that announcement of the golden wedding anniversary. But with all of that, the greatest announcement, those are great announcements, but the greatest announcement that's ever been known to man or shared with man is found in Luke chapter 2, verse 8 and following. So if you would, let's look at that this morning and let me reread those first 14, or those 8 through 14. I believe 16, we'll reread that down to verse uh, 18. Luke chapter 2, verse 8. Now they were in the same country, shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold... I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. 
you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, here's the doxology, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. And so it was when the angel had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said one to another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told to them by the shepherds. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, thank you for an opportunity to open your word and to read, Lord, the Christmas message, Luke chapter 2. Help us, we pray, to understand the message that was given to the shepherds, not only to them but to us. And help us to be willing to do like the shepherds, to go and tell others. Thank you for what you're going to do in this service today as your Holy Spirit leads us as we make decisions, life-changing decisions. And we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. The greatest announcement of all ages is found in Luke chapter 2, verse 11. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. First of all, if you're taking notes on your outline, just remember the people who received this announcement. The people who received this announcement. Now notice, the angel did not go to the chief priest. The angel didn't go to Herod in Jerusalem. The angel didn't go to Caesar that was in Rome. But the angel went to the shepherd, the shepherds that were abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock. Now, when you think of the word shepherd, when you think of shepherds, one thing you have to remember, the shepherd in biblical days, I was watching the Western the other day, and it kind of fell back to, uh, to Luke chapter 2 and how the shepherd and his Western were thought of being on cattle ground out west. They were disliked. They were rejected. They were dejected. They had this odor about them when they went into the general store to buy some things there. They, they made fun of them. They were shepherds. And I thought of the shepherds in Luke chapter 2. They were considered by society as an outcast. Poor, dirty, lonely, rejected. Really considered unclean. Not even allowed to go into the temple to worship. You see, Christmas is not for the high and mighty. Christmas is for the shepherd. Christmas is for regular people. Christmas is for everyone. Have you ever felt like a shepherd? You say, well, Brother Sammy, I, I've never felt like a shepherd. you ever felt like an outcast? A lot of people feel like an outcast. No one cares if you even live or die. I've heard people share that with me. No one cares if I live or die. I've heard teenagers say that. Be counseling a teenager. And I said, what's the problem? I feel like no one cares if I live or if I die. That's a statement made by, by an outcast. Shepherds were outcasts. Not only were they outcasts, but they were despised. Despised. 
despised for who they were. They were shepherds. Have you ever been despised? Some people feel like they're despised because who they are, because of the house they live in. It's just not like everyone else's house. It's not as good as everyone else's house. Or maybe despised because where they live. They may li- you may live on the wrong side of the track. You may not live in the nicest subdivision. Some people are despised because where they live. Some people are despised because of their family. Their family. The baggage that comes with a family. And they despise the family, which includes practically everyone. You may be despised or think you are because of the clothes you wear. So a lot of people today are like a shepherd. They feel like an outcast. They feel despised. Then they feel rejected. You ever felt rejected? You ever felt rejected by society? You ever felt rejected by your friends? By your family? Have you ever felt rejected by your family and maybe your community because of something that you've done? No one wanted to get around you or near you. There are people like that everywhere. Shepherds are everywhere. If you'll think back, you can realize that you've had the characteristic of a shepherd from time to time. But remember this. The greatest announcement God ever sent into this world, that announcement came to the shepherds. To the shepherds. Now you may think, well, I'm... Brother Sammy, I'm, I'm no shepherd, I'm no outcast, I'm not despised, I'm not rejected. I really don't think I fit into any of those um, characteristics or have those qualities. Or Let me tell you something. Because of your sins, because of my sin, your sins, the Bible says that we are poor, wretched, and blind. You're a shepherd and didn't even know it. We all are. Rejected, not necessarily by our family and friends and community, but rejected by God because of our sin. The point is, regardless how rich you are, regardless how pious you might see yourself, God sees you as an old shepherd in need of a Savior. First of all, the people who received the announcement, But then secondly, jot this down. The proclaimer of the announcement. That's found in verse 9. The proclaimer of the announcement. Notice, and behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them. And the glory of the Lord shone round them. And they were greatly afraid. The angel of the Lord, the ESV says, appeared to them. The King James says, The angel of the Lord appeared to them. The New King James, I'm reading that translation, says the angel of the Lord stood before them. The angel of the Lord. So the angel of the Lord was there. It's not uncommon for God to use angels. I remember growing up as a child, about 11 years old, right before I got saved, I believe with all of my heart I saw an angel in my bedroom. I really believe that. I really do. And he had a special message for me. I believe that. I believe God used angels then. I believe God can use angels now. I believe he does use angels now. John chapter 20, verse 12. When Mary came to the tomb, there were two angels there. And then Acts chapter 8, 26. An angel stood by Philip when, and said, Go to Gaza. 
And then Acts 10, verse 3, Cornelius, he was instructed by an angel to go to Saul of Tarsus. God used angels then. He uses angels today. You believe in angels? Sure, I believe in angels. The point is, it doesn't surprise me that the greatest announcement that was ever made to mankind was made by an angel. So the shepherds had in uh, in the presence of them an angel. But that's not the only one that was there. Look, if you will, the B part of that verse. And the glory of the Lord shone round them, and they were so afraid. The glory of the Lord shone round them. The Shekinah glory of the Lord. The Shekinah glory of the Lord attends the Lord God himself. When you see the Shekinah glory of God, you've seen the attendance of God. You've seen the presence of God. Not literally the presence. You cannot look on God, remember that? But you can see his glory. Same brightness that Moses saw there on the mountain there at the burning bush, the Shekinah glory of God. It's the dazzling glory of God that Moses witnessed at the burning bush. It's that un- intolerable, intolerable brightness that guided the Israelites in the, in the wilderness. That was the glory of God. That was the presence of God. The burning bush, that was the presence of God. Why? Because of the glory that was there. It was the glory that rested on the tabernacle. It was the glory, the Shekinah glory that rested on the the temple. It was the glory that shone around Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. It was the glory that robed Jesus when he appeared to Paul. This bright light that came from heaven. You know what that was? That was the glory of God. The presence of God. And so when the shepherds were in the field, an angel stood before them. But not only the angel, the glory of God shone round about them. So the angel was there, and guess what? Believe with all my heart, God was there too. The point is, not only were the shepherds visited by the angel, but the presence of God eternal was there also. The people of the announcement. The, the proclaimer of the announcement. Now, all the, there's the seriousness of the message. Proclaimed by a heavenly being with the presence of God. Witnessed, you might say, by the presence of God. Proclaimed by a heavenly being and witnessed by the presence of God. But notice the third thing. Jot this down. Not only do you have the people and the proclaimer, but you have the proclamation of the announcement. Look at verse 10 and 12. 10 and 12. Then the angel said to them, proclamation, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Part A of proclamation. B, for there is born to you this day in the city of David, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you, shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Proclamation. So you have the people and you have the proclaimer, and now you have the actual proclamation. And think of the truthfulness of the announcement. 
Now remember, the angel said, Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, King James. Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. The announcement. Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. I remember reading several years ago about a, a little girl, and she was in a play, Christmas play, and she had this line, this line. All she had to say was, Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. And her parents worked with her on this line. Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Behold, I bring you good tidings. She had it down pat. Then they had the Christmas play, and she gets up there, and it's time for her to say, Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. And so she thought, and all of a sudden her mind just went blank. And she couldn't think of anything. And all of a sudden she thought real hard, What am I to say? And everybody was quiet and everybody was listening. And all of a sudden she says, Boy, do I have some good news for you. <laughs> that was the message. The shepherds needed some good news. I mean, they, they had... They had they, they had, had they had a lot of bad news come their way. We do, too. I mean, they had higher taxes, just like we have taxes. They had uh, 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 regulations, not only by Rome, but also by uh, religious leaders. They needed some good news. Their sheep would get injured. They had sheep that died. They just needed some good news. They had bad weather to contend with. I mean, in the summer, it'd be so hot, the grass would wither and it'd dry up, and they wouldn't find a green pasture. It's hard to find a green pasture. They needed some good news. They'd been out there watching those sheep. I remember going over in Israel, and uh, even in Romania, the old shepherd would be out there, and he'd just be sitting there, and be sheep everywhere, and he'd just be knelt, knelt down, and he, or he'd just be sitting there on a rock, and he was lonely. You could tell he was lonely, missing his family, missing his friends. They just needed some good news. We do too. We need good news. We get the bad news. More shutdowns, businesses closing, factories closing, schools closing, churches having to close. It's all about the hot spots. It's all about the super spreader. It's about the numbers infected. And it's about the numbers that are dying. We need some good news. We get bad news all the time. We're just like the shepherd. We just need some good news. But listen, we got the same good news that the shepherd got. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And regardless how poor you might be or how rich you might be or how country, countryfied you might be or how cityfied you might be, how sophisticated you might be or how unsophisticated or how well-educated or uneducated, we all need a Savior. Now, why is that? We need a Savior to forgive us of our sin and to deliver us from this guilt that we live under and to give us peace. We need a Savior. We need peace with God, and we need the peace of God that passes all understanding, and Jesus Christ, the Savior, can give you that peace. Think about the seriousness of the message. Proclaimed by a heavenly being, witnessed by the presence of God Almighty. Think about the truthfulness of the message. 
the message of a Savior. You see, what the world had waited for for so long had finally come. A Savior, one who forgives your sins and gives you peace. A Savior, the Christ. Savior, the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed king, one who reigned with his, with his kingdom and his kingdom would never end. A promise of the Savior, the promise of the Christ, the promise of the Lord, the Lord of Lord and King of all kings who has all power and authority and control. That was the seriousness of the message. And so you had the people of the announcement, the proclamation of the proclaimer. You have the proclamation. And we're going to close with this. What was the response? Did you see that? How do you respond to this type of announcement? Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord, all three. A Savior, Christ, and the Lord. How do you respond? Well, the shepherds did two things. Notice in verse 16. Verse 16 says, And they came with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. How did they respond? Well, first of all, verse 16 says they went to Jesus. When you hear the message, unto you is born this day, and you've heard it today, unto you is born this day a Savior who is Christ the Lord. How do you respond to that? First of all, you go to Jesus. Have you all been to Jesus? Has everyone in here been to Jesus? Have you, have you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, your Lord, your Messiah? Have you? Have you been to him? Have you experienced Christmas? Have you really experienced Christmas? They rejoiced in the message about the Savior, and then they went to find the Savior. And verse 17 says, after they'd seen Jesus, that means they experienced Jesus. Now, when they seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning the child. They told other people about their experiences. They told their experiences to others. When you see Jesus, when you go after Jesus, when you find Jesus, he is so exciting. Isn't that right, Brother Tony? He's so exciting that you want to just share it with everybody else about Jesus. Verse 20 says, The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen as it was told to them. The point is, the shepherds heard the good news. Listen up. They heard the good news, they saw the good news, and then they shared the good news. Why are people sharing the gospel today? Well, I've got my own ideal. They've never been to Jesus. They've never seen the Savior, the Christ, the Messiah. Uh, they don't know him. They know about him. We're living in a culture of Christianity right now to where people know about Jesus, but Jesus doesn't know them. That's why he says, depart from me, I never knew. You can put up Christmas tree lights, a Christmas tree. People get so excited about singing God bless America, you know, and they get all round up for that, you know. And, and then uh, they get so excited about some things about God, but not enough to repent and turn to Him. 
Most people kind of feel let down after Christmas. Hope you're not one of those. I hear people say, well, man, I'm glad this is over. <laughs> you ever heard that? Have you ever said that? Man, I'm glad it's over with now. Really? I'm going to tell you something. The shepherds, when they saw Jesus, heard about Jesus, and they looked at Jesus, and they began to run and tell others about Jesus, Christmas had just begun for them. Christmas wasn't over. They wanted everyone everywhere to know about Jesus. They went everywhere telling the good news about the Savior, about Christ, about the Lord, and about this peace on earth. And so we need to make a commitment today not to keep the good news of Christmas a secret because other people desperately need to know about Christmas. Let me make a staggering statement, and I'll close with it. You really don't need to celebrate Christmas. You need to respond to Christmas. There's a big difference. Let me say that again. You don't need to celebrate Christmas. You need to respond to Christmas. If you respond to Christmas, the celebration will be there. You can't make Christmas happen. Christmas has already happened. And once you experience Christmas, once you've seen the Lord, once you know He's real, and once you know He's the Savior, the Messiah, He's the Son of God, Christmas will never be the same and will never get old. Find the babe, Christ, and tell others about Christmas. Let's have a prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for an opportunity to learn a lesson from the shepherds. Thank you, Lord, for the people of chapter 2 that received this message. Thank you for those that brought the message. Can't imagine an angel standing there all of a sudden knowing the presence of God Almighty is there also. Proclaiming the message, but responding to it. I pray for every person here this morning, those that are viewing this service and by YouTube or Facebook. I pray today, Lord, that they would humble their heart and ask Christ to come into their life and save them. And Father, that they would look for Jesus. He's right there. All they have to do is turn to him and ask him to forgive them and to come into their life and save them. I pray they'll do that today, right in their own living room, wherever they might be, and here in this sanctuary, this worship center. I pray people would do that. I pray Christmas will, never be too, uh, Christmas will never be old for us, Lord, as a believer. I hope it's fresh in you every day. And I pray that we'll share the message that the shepherds shared about this baby born in Bethlehem that is the Savior, that is the Christ, the Son of God, the Lord. Father, I pray we'll carry the message on. Speak to our hearts during this invitation. As people come as they are, just a really characteristic of a shepherd. That's what we are. Help us, we pray, to come today and as you've led us to make certain decisions in our life. And we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.